on this episode of Why Watch That. So it's a reboot of a reboot of a reboot, and it's down the Matrix hole. It's no inception. It's a you know reboot within a reboot within. A yes. Reboot. What I do find hilarious though is in the fight scenes, all that camera work because it's not a lot of fighting. Like, <laughs> I, I saw that they showed a clip, and I was like, "Woo!" Yeah, they're working hard. That camera. Like, that camera ref is like left, right, up, down because they ain't doing nothing. I find it hilarious. Because remember, it's Hannibal not. is NBC. Right. That's what I was. Mm. I was like, how are they working that out? How is that working? They worked so- it out because NBC said, we got Hannibal and you don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what pops up? It might be a monster of the week. It might be an old lady who's possessed. It might be a man who was brought to life from a scarecrow. Okay. No, 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 no. Why Watch That as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why, Why Watch, Watch That. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and business as well. You know, Critic, I got Mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here Uh in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk and some real good food too. Mm -hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. The Why Watch That Talk. We have a TV talk. Ooh, and we've got some other stuff cooking. So, you know, just get ready, get ready. But um, we are definitely in the swing of things. TV is here and it's here and it's not going to slow down. I feel like critic that we are finally back. I think most studios, most shows have protocols in place. So we're going to start to see that sweeping influx of, of shows coming out. And that's good news for the industry, but it's also good news for us. Yes. Yeah. Win-win. The more the merrier. The more the merrier. So that means you got to keep up, folks. And we have some things for you to watch. Some things we'll suggest and some things we'll go, oh, no. Um, Let's start with some series premieres. Now, this has been a highly anticipated uh, premiere because... It's based off of a movie of a very famous actor who we all know and love. And now they've turned into a TV series and changed the gender. What? Yep. So we're talking about CBS's The Equalizer. And yes, my mom's already watched it. So, you know, CBS is just like, you know, <laughs> the go-to. You just set it that there for her. That is the mom's network, CBS. It is the mom's network. And it's not the, it's not necessarily the Hallmark mom's network. No. 
I think it's a different kind of mom. I think moms and grandmas are going to be satisfied with C. If you can't get another channel, <laughs> CBS will be, you know, and there she is in the background right there. Hey, um, mom. In, in the video. Um, <laughs> the Equalizer, which stars Queen Latifah. What? What? Yeah. And she's kicking some A um, in this, as the Equalizer does. And can I admit to you, Critic, that I have never watched one millisecond of the Equalizer? Oh. Meaning the two movies? I know. It's like the and one. And you know, before that, it was a TV show. So this is a reboot of that. So it's a reboot of a reboot of a reboot and it's down the <laughs> matrix hole. It's a, no inception. It's a, you know, reboot within a reboot within a yes, reboot. Yes. Yes. And um so Denzel Washington if you don't know stars in the two recent feature films of The Equalizer and he kicks A uh in that as well. Now Queen Latifah has taken on this protagonist or antagonist depending on which side you're on <laughs> and uh you know, don't mess with her and don't traffic women. She comes in and, and gets people set straight. So what's going on here? Is this something we're going to be watching? Well, um, <laughs> so Queen Latifah here is playing Robin McCall. So not Robert, Robin. And Robin has a teenage daughter that she wants to spend more time with. So she has retired in order to do this. And her daughter believes that she's been going around the world doing charity work, things like that. So the daughter, you know, is a teenager. But we know oh. that, no, she is was a former, or is a former CIA agent. <laughs> and she still has a bit of a connection. There's a conduit to the agency via Chris Noth's character, William Bishop. So, you know, he'll pop up. You know those scenes when they pop up and say, hey, we need you to do this. And, you know, and she's no, like... First of all, popping up is just great. Because he <laughs> pops up all over CBS, doesn't he? Yes. They just love him over there. Of course they do. And, you know, you see him, you go, oh, of course, of course. So, you know, Queen Latifah and he, they have their thing. But what happens is she comes upon a case. Because there is a woman who's in trouble Really, she's really young. She might be a teenager. I don't remember in the first episode. But she is being blackmailed in a very interesting way for a murder. The cops think she did it because they have evidence that shows that she did it. But can you believe the evidence? Right? And the main cop in question is an NYPD detective played by Tori Kittles, Marcus Dante. So we have Robin figuring this out. How is she going to help this Woman, get out of this situation. What is she going to do? Well, she has those skills that she learned as a CIA agent. And she has connections. And those connections are two of her friends who are married. And uh, this is Melody or Mel and Harry, played by Liza Lapira and Adam Goldberg. So, you know, they have special okay. skills. Yep. So Harry, you know, he can hack into anything, that whole thing. You know, when you go down and you see all the screens and all of that stuff. Yeah. So they have to figure out a way to get her out of the clutches of the cops who think they have the person who did it and prove her innocence and all of that other stuff. So that's what the Equalizer has to do. And that's what Robin is. And then this starts a whole cycle of Robin helping people. So after the procedural, first episode, exactly. I so, you know see. she posts okay. something on the dark web and says, "Hey, you know, you know, bring me all of your huddled masses, all of that stuff, and I'll help you out." Now, what does the CIA think about this? Because you can't just do stuff and they don't know. 
right? So she yeah. left the agency. Are they happy about that? Why did she leave no. the agency? Also, by the way, while she does have a teenage daughter who, you know, is giving her the side eye because she don't know nothing. She also has her aunt who is played by Lorraine Toussaint. Okay. Who is there to help her out? And Lorraine knows the truth. Okay, so she knows all the... Okay, I was going to say, Lorraine has to know because we don't want her meddling. Yes. Oh, yes. No. So Aunt Vi, played by Lorraine, is not meddling. She's the one trying to help negotiate this relationship, telling the daughter, you know, your mother's trying, you know, all of that stuff. So those are the dynamics. But like you said, Raph, it is a procedural. And here's what I have to say about it. I am entertained by it. I will say that. I am entertained. If you watch the Denzel movies, you will like this. You will. Um, the first one, once it gets going, once you actually understand the equalizer in the movies, it's entertaining stuff. Um, what I do find hilarious, though, is in the fight scenes, all that camera work, because it's not a lot of fighting. Like, <laughs> I, I saw that they showed a clip and I was like, woo, you're yeah. working hard. That camera. Like, that camera ref is like left, right, up, down, because they ain't doing nothing. I find it hilarious. But outside of that, the strength of this show is the cast. Oh, nice. It is the cast. They have a lot of people who know what they're doing. And Queen Latifah is just like Denzel as the Equalizer. It is not a showy performance. It is very reserved and calculated. And I enjoy that about it. I enjoy watching Queen Latifah think, because that's really what it is about. So there are some writing problems, but who cares? It's a CBS procedural, and they're doing it in a way that's professional so far. You know, my my mom linked it to persons of person of interest, mm. which mm-hmm. she was like, "Oh, I really like that show," and and I think I, you know, I think this reminds me of that. I was like, "Oh, I'll use that yes. for, the, for the podcast." So I guess if you like that kind of, you know, catching the bad guy in a certain way, then you may like this. What about Clarice on uh, or Clarice? Excuse me, on uh, CBS also as well. I um, I don't know much. So you're going to have to tell us what's going on here. I well, mean, CBS is kicking them out. Yeah, and you know, this is the Clarice from The Silence of the Lambs. You know, oh, Jodie Foster. Oh, yes. okay. Oh, I do know about, yes. Mm-hmm. Oi, oi, oi. Yeah. So this picks up not long after The Silence of the Lambs, those events. So Clarice has just caught, you know, Bill, uh, all of that stuff. And there's fallout because of who she rescued, you know, the girl in the well. So she's not adjusting well to life, but Clarice doesn't want to talk to her. Now, her mother, the girl in the well, remember, was a politician. Now she's the attorney general. She says to Clarice, I'm making you a special agent. You're going to go in and do this stuff because Clarice just wants to be in the behavioral unit. That's all she wants to do. No, Clarice. Okay. By the way, just so you know, everybody, CBS does not have the rights to Lecter. You will not see Lecter. I was going to say, is this in connection with Hannibal? No. No. Because remember, Hannibal is NBC. Right. That's what I was. I was like, how are they working that out? How is that working? They worked so- it out because NBC said, we got Hannibal and you don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going with her. That's right. Do they so mention you- him at all? Does she? No. 
Okay, that's gonna so be they can talk about Buffalo Bill. They can talk about Bill, which they do, but you will not hear Lecter. It's like in the ether. Got it. So no Lecter. They don't have the rights. Um, and remember, they they are thinking about maybe bringing Hannibal back. So well, no. See, yeah. I remember we alluded to that yeah. not too long ago. So that'll be interesting. It will. And I'll come back to Hannibal, of course, when I review this. So, okay, Clarice is now a part of the special unit. Now, because of what Clarice did to catch Bill, she didn't follow protocol. So how is she viewed by the FBI at large, by the people in the field? Not well. Okay, not well. Now, Clarice is played by Rebecca Breeds. And the person that she has to work under in the special unit is Paul Crindler, played by Michael Kutlitz. And he does not like her at all. Now, Michael was in Southland. He was in a few seasons of The Walking Dead and so on. So the whole thing is this is a procedural. Of course, you know, she has ideas that'll be shot down. And, you know, can they catch the th- the person? Because there's this new possible serial killer. What does she think about it? What do the other people think about it? They're, you know, uh, so Paul has people to watch her because you can't trust her and he wants to out and she doesn't want to be there but the ag does here's the deal the writing of this is no hannibal (laughs) i have uh, that's what i have to say about it nothing it deserves no words from me okay i was watching this going really (laughs) stuff like we need you out of here we need you to go and do this in front of the media like just like Really? And we had Hannibal. See, that's the problem. We had Hannibal, which took this to art. And then you have this. Was Clarice in Hannibal or an illusion of her? No, it was because he was younger. Ah. Exactly. So see, completely different there. Um, So look, if you're a fan of Hannibal, Clarice is a procedural, a standard CBS procedural set in this, in the whole Silence of the Lambs universe. That's what it is with bad writing. Now, I just talked about the Equalizer. The Equalizer has more fun to it. See, this is not fun. It's Silence of the Lambs seriousness. So if we're going to do that, your writing better be right. And it's not. And I went into the second episode and then I just had to stop. Sorry. Well, that's what, it is what it is. So... Um, <laughs> listen to the lambs, Clarice. Listen to the critic, Clarice. Listen to the critic. Um, <laughs> the luminaries is a miniseries on stars. <laughs> you better be glad I didn't lick the thing. Oh my goodness, the, the slop thing. <laughs> I still, Anthony Hopkins still gets a side eye. I mean, I've just now forgiven him for that because he's done much work after that but there's a was Jodie Foster she (laughs) took her to slow to talk to the man again (laughs) oh that's right yeah Yeah. you know just a little trivia that was not something that was in the script it was completely an Anthony Hopkins moment (laughs) and just imagine as an actress on the other side of that plexiglass yeah you know I, look, mm-hmm. you know, let's. I don't want to take any photos with this guy. <laughs> um, 
but the other guy was just as bad talking about you know putting skin on people and uh, yes. you know okay, let's just move on from that uh we have a new show but it's a mini series like i said the luminaries is on stars it's about six episodes total yeah um in and out but you have to have a stars account so whoops oh. if you don't um is this worth getting a free trial for sure. i mean because there's other mm-hmm. stuff on stars we yeah. t- that you like to tell the listeners about well yeah. i mean if you haven't tried stars yet if you're eligible for a free trial i would say do it they have enough where you could find something so it that would be worth it uh would i do it for the luminaries no but now let's talk about it so the luminaries is based on a, a celebrated novel um, and uh, the novelist, Eleanor Catton, uh, wrote this miniseries. So, okay. And I actually own the book. I just haven't read it. Like, I started you own it. the book? I own the book. The oh, actual wow. book. I started reading it, Raph, and then I stopped because it didn't grab me from the beginning, and I'll go back to it, whatever. So, we have two characters who meet each other on a boat going to New Zealand. Okay, that's what happens. And this is set in like the 1800s. So they're going there because of the gold rush. Mm. They want to find some gold. And it's Anna and Emery, played by Eve Hewson. Here she is again. And Mm. Himesh Patel. Now, they meet on this boat and they exchange information because there's something about them, their, their relationship already. They don't know each other, but they like each other. And Emery says, okay, here's my hotel. Meet me there for, you know, some dinner and some drinks. Okay, let's do it. Now, along the way, when they finally reach New Zealand, they get off of the boat, they go through customs, all of that stuff. Anna has her stuff stolen. A little pickpocket comes around and steals it and runs. And this pickpocket is stopped by Eva Green's character, Lydia. Oh. When you see Eva Green, <laughs> I, she's another one. I'm like, ah. <laughs> you going something is up? Okay, going on here is up, and uh, Lydia helps Anna because now Anna has no money in a foreign country. I mean, what's she going to do? And we also find that Anna has another problem, which I won't give away, that hinders her ability to get to Emory. So Emory. Goes to the meeting place. Anna isn't there. What is he thinking? And one thing that Lydia tells Anna is, because Lydia is interested in the stars and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It's the 1800s. So she thinks that there's truth in the stars when you look up. And there's something about twin stars, astral twins, meaning if you were born at the same time, you have a connection. So how does that relate to Anna and Emery? Hmm. Is there more to this story from Lydia's perspective? I'm sure. Now, that's one timeline. We also see early on in the future, after these events, where Anna is. Because someone has died and she is involved. Where? What state is she in? That's the question. It's not good, I'll tell you that. And what is going on? So the thing is here... There are people who have certain uh, goals in mind that are hidden. And these goals are going to affect 
Anna and Emery, probably negatively. But can Anna and Emery figure it out so they stay safe? And there's this whole thing going on that I'm not going to get into that's very complicated. So here's the thing about the luminaries. It's a complicated story in the book. They simplify it in the miniseries, but it's still, you'll be watching it sometimes going, why am I seeing this? Like, what in the world am I even watching? I would have preferred if they just gave us from the beginning on the boat, just tell it to us in chronological order. I don't need the flashing forward. It loses me every time. I'm like, why am I watching this? I don't even want to know this right now. I'll know it later. So that is dissipating the urgency. Also, again, you're watching it going, what is going on? So if that's the kind of show you're going to do, it has to be brisker. The writing has to be better. The actors know what they're doing, but they're doing it in what is the question. So for me, I just, it wasn't enough. It's not bad, but it wasn't enough for the complication for me to keep watching. Well, there you have that. It's a sin, really. Mm. Nope, that's the name of the next show. Yeah. <laughs> that's on HBO Max. And, uh, you know, I there's something about titles that are complete sentences. I don't know what it is. <laughs> that just make me go, mm, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, again, this is on HBO Max. So I feel like Prime and HBO Max have this similar confusion because I had a, a friend not too long ago say, I, my, my HBO app yeah. is funky and she didn't know she had HBO Max. Mm. Like it's not, it wasn't clear to her. She was just watching it in live on her tele, on her tele. Oh. So, um, you have HBO Max, folks. If you subscribe to HBO, you got HBO Max. And <laughs> there's content that you're not going to see on yeah. HBO that's on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Everything on HBO will be on HBO Max, but not everything that's on HBO Max is on HBO. And so I had to explain that to her, and she was just like, I had given her the golden ticket, and Willy Wonka, you know, yeah. oh my gosh. You you're paying for it. You All might of those Warner Brothers movies this year. I mean, that's HBO and Max. TV shows. Yeah, TV shows as well. The flight uh, attendant and so on. Yeah, and, and nostalgic. You go for it. Nostalgic TV show like Fresh Prince and Friends. Head of and, the class, which I've been watching. Oh, okay. We you now you were doing great, but um, and Head then of, the of class, course as I'm gonna keep going. I don't want to offend any fans. Um, but as the critic was saying, you get access to, I mean, it's not, you're not going to always have access, but you're getting access for like a month of all of these premier movies that really would have been released in the theaters. You're getting it on HBO Max. So really take advantage of this. It's a Sin is exclusively on HBO Max. So you can't watch it on your tele live you have to watch it via the app now i know some of you are going duh but there are a lot of people like prime who have no idea that they are paying for something that they could take full um advantage of so it's a it's a sin is on there you've watched it enough to tell you you watched it all okay so Mm -hmm. what's going on here there's like five episodes of this thing yeah and you're saying, Telly, interestingly, this is from across the pond. It is set 
in Great Britain. So this is, it spans from 1981 to 1991. And It's a Sin is the title because this is dealing with gay culture, in particular AIDS, the rise of AIDS, how that of course ravaged uh, the gay community. So, okay, so already you think, okay, the normal heart and the band played on, even unspeakable from Canada not too long ago, these kinds of things that were addressing those atrocities during that time. So what happens is there is um, a group of friends eventually, but they don't start as friends in the show. So uh, at the center is Richie, Roscoe, and Colin. And then they meet up with a Jill a little later. So Richie, we see he comes from a family there. They live on the Isle of Wight, you know, traditional family. His father's looking at him like, you know, you go to college, you're going to learn, you're going to earn. His mom is there supporting and his sister's giving him the side eye the whole time because he's the favorite son and she's just sitting there. So he, of course, goes off to college in London, but he decides to change majors. He wants to be an actor. He wants to go into drama. How do the parents react to that? especially dad. Okay. Now, why did he want to switch to drama is the question. Well, he was sitting there at university looking in on the drama class and he saw Ash. That's all I'll tell you. He saw Ash and he said, okay, I want to get it on this class. Now also in the class is Jill and Jill sees him looking at them and comes out and says, Oh, you like Ash. Why don't you go talk to him? Because he is gay. Now this is 1981. So you have to be careful about how you say these things. So Richie's like, oh, oh, I wasn't looking at him. I was just looking at the class. All right. So I'll leave that for now. Now, there's also Roscoe. He's of Nigerian descent and his whole family knows that he's gay. And uh, 1981 Nigerian descent. They got the whole family there. They got everybody they can. They got the Bible out. (laughs) Okay. We might send you back to Nigeria if you keep this up. And they can take care of you. So how does he react to that? Now, he has a sister who's looking at him like, you might need to get out of here for your sake and mine. Okay? So how does that happen? Okay, I won't give that away. And then there's Colin. Colin, oh, he's such, he's just a nice guy. He has a mother who loves him. He also ends up in London with the rest of them to go to work. And he works at like a haberdashery. I just want to say that word. Uh, You know what? (laughs) Anytime you can sneak that in there, you will do it. So ding, ding, ding. Bonus points for you. Haberdashery. (laughs) And the reason, you know why, I'll tell you quickly, ref, the haberdashery, (laughs) why it sticks with me is because there's an episode of Sanford and Son where he goes to a haberdashery and then he calls what they sell at the haberdashery, haberdash, which is not a word. So it just always sticks for me. But anyway. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Sanford and Son. You know, listeners, believe it or not, I do not have a list of words that the critic can sneak in (laughs) And he gets, but it's not, it's just, these are just free flowing words, free flowing. <laughs> and by the way, if you want to watch all of Sanford and Son stars does have it on its app. Now well, there you go. <laughs> so he's working at this haberdashery and one of the employees there is looking at him and is kind of concerned because the boss 
is looking at him too. Looking at him how? For what purpose? And we see in one scene, the boss, after hours, takes him in the back and is like, look, you have to learn how to wash, okay? You have to learn how to wash yourself. You have to get these clothing fibers out of your nails, everything. So wash with me. Wash, come on, take your shirt off. But who comes to the rescue is the character played by Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, okay. So Henry, played by Neil, comes in and, you know, kind of shows him the ropes. Now, Henry is a gay man living with another man in London in 1981. Colin is looking at him like, how are you doing this? So Henry becomes sort of a mentor. Now, what happens is Richie, Roscoe, Colin, and Jill, and Ash, they all end up living together in a flat. I won't tell you exactly how this plays out, how they actually come together. And they become fast friends across a whole decade. They stay in that flat for 10 years. Okay. Oh, dear gracious. Oh, I okay. don't know. So you'll see what comes of that. And But across time, AIDS starts coming into the picture. Now, at the time, it started in the States. So they heard about it, but they hadn't seen it. So they're like, okay, stay away from people from the States. If you go to the States, don't have sex. But, you know, during this time, there's a lot of sex they're having. And in the show, they show it. I'm going to tell you that. They show it, so get ready. So, but we see how this affects each of them. Because really, unfortunately, the question at the end of the miniseries is, who's left standing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of their friends whom you meet and so on. Like, who is left standing? And how do they even receive the information that there is this disease? Do they even believe it? Right? So, and remember at the time, this was kept under wraps. So it's easy to go, oh, that's a fiction. That's just something they're saying to spook us, you know, things like that. So across time, we see how they get into their careers, how they may have been hindered in their careers, what their relationships are or aren't and how they are unfortunately touched by this disease. So what I will say as a review is this, unlike the shows and movies that have been based on this time period, this has a light touch. A lot of it is Really? Fun. Yeah. Oh, it did not sound like it. I know. So a lot, it's brisk and you know, you get the music and you get all of these scenes coming at you and they're having fun. A lot of it is that. So they don't wallow in it, which is effective when it gets to the grounding. Because I liked this when it was grounded. I liked it when they handled the serious part. I didn't, me, I didn't like it as much in the lighter parts. And like even early on, some of the sex scenes, it's comedy. It's like just complete, like, okay, like we're going there and it's hilarious uh, on purpose. And then you see how this grows over time. Now, the critics, if you look up the reviews, oh, my goodness, they like fell over themselves watching it. For me, I thought it was good, but I liked it, especially when it was grounded. And in particular, the character of Colin. Because Colin is the one who's introverted, who's paying attention. He's the first one out of this group that encounters the AIDS virus. I won't tell you how. And has to process that. And he's also the one who doesn't quite know how to deal with the world. So from his eyes, it's interesting to see all of the briskness and the lightness. He just grounded 
grounded it for me. And you'll see what happens with his character arc. Um, so that was when I thought it was most successful. Now, I will tell you this to end this review for this show. In the ending credits, the first character and actor name you see is Richie. And then everybody else. They always do him first. That's a signal. So they're telling us he's the main character. Why? What's going to come of his storyline across this decade and with his family? And in the end, there is a confrontation by whom and about what? You'll have to watch this to find out. Well, there you have that. Yeah. So now we have a little check-in before the finale from you, Ref. Wait a minute. And it's called WandaVision. Now, people... You know, people are like trying to get to Disney Plus, shutting it down, trying to watch this show. From my perspective, I'm like, why? I mean, you could wait. But, you know, hey, the ref is continuing. Tell us what is going on. What what time period are we in? Which TV show? Who's in what realm? I don't know. Go ahead, ref. Let me be quiet. All right. So I'm not going to do all the spoilers, but there will be some Spoilers. Mm. So if you have not watched it yet, again, I'm not going to do the big stuff, but if you haven't watched it and you want to come in fresh, why don't you just hit that 30 second, just keep hitting it until I'm not <laughs> talking about it anymore. Um, but for those of you who are like, oh, I haven't even started it or I'm, you know, I'm a couple behind or I want to start it. Here's where we are with WandaVision. Now, we have gone through the I Love Lucy phase. We have gone through the uh, Brady Bunch and, Bewitched you know, and, mm-hmm. yep, all of that. And now we have also entered into Full House and you'll see <laughs> that. And most recently, we've gone to Modern Family, which I thought was a really interesting ah. choice as well. So if you don't know, just quickly, Wanda, who is... Wanda Max Moth or, you know, the Scarlet Witch uh, from the Avengers has been dealing with her grief. And we know that Vision in the movies was killed by Thanos. And she tried to save him. He rewound time, took the mind stone out of his mind and he died. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't able to be revived because, you know, you know, you saw people who died in the movie and they came back. Well, unfortunately not. But he's in this show fully functioning. And the question is, does he know who he is truly? And does he know his backstory? Well, we find out that he doesn't. But there is a way that he's starting starting to discover that Wanda's world that she, she has created isn't quite the world that he thinks it is. Well, one point is the fact that they have twins. They have children. And boy, the children, they grow up fast. (laughs) And we find that the children aren't falling far from their parents' tree. We'll just say that much. That the children have abilities of their own. What are those abilities? How does Wanda and Vision discover that? And how are the children reacting to that? Mm. Now, Wanda, in the meantime, as she's dealing with her grief, the people in the town are under her spell. You, I'm not ruining that. You, everybody, you know, you can see that from the first episode. Um, they're under her spell and they're not really functioning with their own mind. So how is that playing out in various characters? What do they say or not say? 
How much are they telling Vision about this town? And how much of it is Wanda able to control? Well, there is a guest that comes and visits Wanda. Mm. It is a very familiar person who was, I'll just say, in the age of Ultron, if you watch that. Very significant person to her. Mm. But the form in which he comes back to visit her, because she did not expect this visit, is mind-blowing if you're in the Marvel Universe. And I'll even say this much, if you're in the Marvel Universe, no matter who produced the movies, Mm. there's a hint. We're talking about the Marvel Universe, not Marvel Studio Universe. Mm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So this actor who is playing this person comes back and the world is shook. I mean, the blogs are going nuts. What is this person's agenda? Is this person meaning Wanda well or ill? And then finally, you fast forward with what's going on outside of the town. And of course, we have the um, sword, who who is now the new shield, who's ready to take and advance um, aggressively to make sure they can save the people in the town. But there is someone who's saying, hold on. I was in that little weird matrixy town and I think we can get to Wanda because she's just grieving. She just needs to help someone process through. And of course, we're talking about um, Monica Rambo, who um, is played by um, uh, Tayona Paris. And she, of course, was in, she is the, um, I'm not ruining this because it's it just is what it is. I'll just say this, Captain Marvel you'll know who her mama is and you met her in Captain Marvel. Ooh, 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 ooh. Hmm. Who is she? She is a part of S.W.O.R.D. and along with um, Jimmy Woo, who is someone we saw from Ant-Man in the FBI, they've come together to try to slow down the military attack they plan on doing against Wanda because it may endanger the people in town. Now, all that to say this, there's a force field that Wanda builds to get inside the town and out. And once you keep going in and out of that force field, it changes you. How? And for some of the characters, they are changed forever. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Hmm. How? Do we have new superheroes? Ooh, ooh, coming through. Because one person, not going to tell you who, we see that she went in a, too many times. And now she can do things that she didn't know she could do before. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean for the Marvel Universe? Everybody's going nuts about it. And then finally this to end it. At the end of episode seven, there is a huge reveal of one of the characters in the town. And that reveal is so big, according to the blogs, that it has now brought the Scarlet Witch's story in full circle. You may not know her if you're not into the comics, but you will know her if you are. And we find out that Wanda, thinking that she's in control, maybe isn't quite in control as we thought. So there we are with WandaVision. I just wanted to check in with that. We've got two more episodes. All in all, at the end of the day, I know, Critic, you're not watching this anymore. And I thought I would keep going because I know some of our listeners are, some of our listeners are interested. I think that 
this being the first TV series of Marvel Studios extending outside of the features, it is so stylistic mm-hmm. that if you're looking for the Marvel feel, like the other day I watched um, uh, The Winter Soldier, and I, I could just watch that like literally every day and mm-hmm. still be wowed by it. It ain't it. This is truly, you know, this is truly for the fan of the fan of the fans Mm -hmm. that regardless of what's happening, you're going to watch it. So it is not the best writing. Listen, I'll tell you what, Elizabeth Olsen's not embarrassing himself and neither is Paul, you know, Bettany. Mm -hmm. But the question then becomes a lot of these characters that we're finding out the reveal, these were, first of all, like, the Scarlet Witch and Vision were already kind of second-tiered characters. Now we're getting into the third and fourth, and in some cases, fifth-level-tiered mm. characters, people who popped up in the features. <sighs> Do we care? I don't know, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish it, and I'm really hoping that, you know, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is better. Yeah. And I really, really am hoping they just go there with um, Clint's story with um, uh, uh, Hawkeye, but it's not called, I forget his other alter ego. I hope they really, really, really go there with his story because there are some wonderful things that happen in the comic. I just think that WandaVision was sort of a, <laughs> but it's enough to, if it's enough, it's enough yeah. to get you as a fan. If you're a hardcore fan, it's enough to be like, oh, it's only like what 30 minutes of your time so you might as well just try it if you're into that world so there's that i want to move on from that though critic Mm -hmm. i want to talk about some finales because we started cb strike leave white and now you finished it it's in its second season already um and it wasn't a huge commitment i mean it was like what four episodes on hbo and that of course started in, in cinema on Cinemax, and it was a while ago, and it was kind of kind of like was happening. And yeah. you finally were able to finish it. And the question is, do you regret watching all four of those episodes? No. Oh, not my CB strike. Now wait a minute. Now note everybody again to explain this. <sighs> so while in HBO speak, it is two seasons. Season one, like if you go to HBO Max. You can watch all of the seasons, all of the episodes. Season one is technically three seasons in one. So this is technically season four, if you were across the pond, which is where this is made. And what I would say is, if you're going to watch this, every season is one case. And each season is either two, three, or four episodes long. So you'll see in HBO Max, they'll say part one, part two. You'll know when you're done. So it's easy. And if you're going to watch this, I would binge a case. That's how I would do it. Now, for season two, which is really season four, the fourth case for CB Strike. Here's the thing. We have Cormoran, who's CB Strike. And we have Robin. And that's played by Tom Burke and Holiday Granger. They are the leads. At this point, we know them. We love them. And we've seen them go through the trials and tribulations of love. So Cormoran is a private investigator. And, you know, Robin becomes his partner in crime, essentially. How? Now, Cormoran was in the military um, and he learned his skills there a decade of doing it. 
So he has the training, but Robin is a natural. So they work together and they do a very good job working together. But is there more going on between the two of them? Of course there is. You just said it. <laughs> well, because the thing is, they each are attached to other people or were. I won't tell you what that means. Oh, complicated. Mm-hmm. So Cormoran, I hate to say this word, but I have to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I just made that up. Very good. Cormoran wasn't an entanglement. I just have to use that word. I'm yeah. sorry. He was. He was. Haberdashery and <laughs> entanglement are the key words. Oh, ding, yeah. ding, ding. Another bonus point. So he was, I, I mean, and the, the woman who broke his heart tried to come back in this season. Wait, when you say he was in an entanglement, come on, can I, I, can, I need to get a little bit of the juice before I watch this. He was in an entanglement because his the person he was entangled with was entangled with somebody else? Uh, yeah, you could say it that way. Now, I won't give away the particulars, oh. but <laughs> okay, that's all I'll say. I'll say, okay. But. You'll have to see. There's Wait a our whistle. And look, Cormoran is a good guy. He is. Mm-hmm. He is trustworthy. It is not his fault. All okay. right. Mm-hmm. There's some nasty stuff going on. <laughs> okay. On the other end. Now, okay. Robin has been attached to this dude from the beginning. Didn't want her to be with Cormoran. Didn't want her to be a private investigator. None of it. They got married. Oh, How'd that go? Okay, that's all I got to ask. How did that go? And is he right, though? Should he be concerned that Robin and Cormoran are spending so much time together? Uh Now, in this latest season, there is a case. There is a a disturbed man who comes in and thinks he saw a murder and a burial of body years ago when he was like six years old. This man is grown, very disturbed, comes in. Something about it, Cormoran believes. I talked about this at the beginning of this season when we talked about it. This leads to a politician who's being blackmailed. And that is attached to the man who's disturbed coming in. I won't tell you how that's attached. And this politician is not someone you would want to save. Now, this politician doesn't want this blackmail stuff to get into the press. None of it. He tells Cormoran and Robin, take care of it quietly. So they had this whole ruse to do so. And this leads to a murder. I won't tell you who dies. Who did it? Well, that's the question. Who did it? We got- With where and with what? (laughs) We got inheritances and paintings and all kinds of stuff involved in boats. I will tell you how all of this comes together. Wait, is this a period piece? It is not. Okay. Yeah. When you say paintings, in the U.S., we just don't, I don't know why we don't do paintings. <laughs> look, if you got the right painting, watch out. Now, so in the end, can they figure all of this out? Of course they can. I mean, this is what the show is. But the real question is, what's the relationship between Cormoran and Robin in the end? Tell you. Oh, I'm going to watch this. It's a professional show, ref. That's what it is. It's not going to be the kind of show where you go, oh, it was brilliant. 
It's okay. just if you want this kind of detective procedural, you can spend time with them. Holiday and Tom are just nice p- actors to watch. I mean, I just want to watch them. They have a great chemistry that's not like heat and hot, you know, breathing heavy and sweating. It is just you you can buy that they're friends and maybe there's more to it, but are they going to go there? Like all of that is pleasant. And again, every case is two to four episodes done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're in and out. Well, um, what I'm not going to be watching Ooh. is 30 Coins. Uh, mm. You know how I feel about stuff like that. It is on HBO. Yeah. It's it's in <laughs> Spanish, right? So you have to yes. read. And um, it, ah, mm-hmm. folks, I, we, you talked about what 30 Coins, or you alluded, you alluded. Yeah. Yeah. to what 30 coins means and i don't know mm. if you want that kind of change in your house um <laughs> or you're not saying you don't even want a tenth of one of them trying to coins <laughs> not say that. you don't yeah you said it mm-hmm. there's a bit of italian in the show as well and a, ah. just a smattering of english yes just a lot okay another <laughs> bonus word what are we doing <laughs> smattering i'm sorry in my real life i do teach vocabulary now look this Trenta Monedas, it's biblical, okay? Now, I don't like to give that away because if you don't know, then you don't know. If you do you know... You did! You, you did the... Thing. I didn't say who the Trenta coins are attached to. You alluded to it and we got it. It's okay. We're good. Well, I, I'm still going to let that be an illusion, okay? okay? Now, note that the ref is using illusion with an A, not with an I at the beginning. Now... The ref what, or the critic? Well, you said allude. So So, if you get these 30 coins, I'll put it to you this way. You essentially can rule the world for evil purposes. Of course. So (laughs) the minions of the devil have 29. They need one more. And this one more is in the hands of a certain padre, Father Vergara. And he has been sent away from the Vatican to go to this little town in Spain. And he brings the coin with him. How did he get the coin? It's a real question. Is he protecting the coin or is he using the coin? Well, that's a good question. And when he gets to this town, he meets the town's mayor and a veterinarian. Okay. Now you'll see why we have a veterinarian in the show. I won't give that away. You'll see it immediately. Okay. No. And when you see it, you'll go, oh, okay. If I like this, keep watching. If you don't like that, stop watching. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Now the vet and the mayor, the vet has a husband who's gone missing. The mayor has a wife who is pushing him to do certain things. They got like a slaughterhouse, all kinds of stuff going. But what do you think happens with the mayor and the veterinarian? Hmm? What do you think? I don't care. <laughs> if you watch this, I, you I'm may not, not care. Watching I'm, t- I'm telling anybody who watches this, you're going to get a kick out of all this stuff that's happening. Now, so the father brings this coin and he brings all of hell. Okay, that's what happens. They want that coin. They, The veterinarians got it. The mayor's trying to help her out. His wife is involved, entangled. Okay. And the father, he's there and he's not there. What is he doing? Is he behind this? What is going on? And throughout the season, 
Who knows what pops up? It might be a monster of the week. It might be an old lady who's possessed. It might be a man who was brought to life from a scarecrow. Okay. No, 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 no. And in the end, there's a showdown in this town involving all of the townspeople. There is a disturbed young man in this show as well who lives in the town who knows the truth. He hears the voices and he's trying to tell these people they don't listen to him. Now, you'll see why they don't listen to him, but he's telling them the truth. And in the end, do they get all 13 coins? Now, keep in mind, they have different tactics to get these coins. They can possess you. No. They can entice you. They no. can send someone to kill you. They can send someone back from your past. They could send a monster. You just have no idea. And one thing that was hilarious is one of the fathers who are on the dark side, because part of the Vatican is, you know, on the dark side. They're compromised. Yeah. yeah. So they go back and they tell us how the father started getting involved in this and how he learned about this whole thing. And uh, so there is uh, someone who's possessed. But it's not the kind of possession you're used to. You know, it's not, you know, green pea soup. He is just sitting there, calm and collected, <laughs> reasoning through what's really happening here. How can you blame the devil? It's hilarious. It's hilarious. So if you find some of this stuff interesting, if you like horror, not just like the exorcist stuff like that, but just like kind of funny horror as well. I mentioned Guillermo del Toro, that kind of stuff then they have ideas to spare in this show. You just never know what you're watching. So it may not all work, but I was always amused by the creativity of 30 Coins. So that's where I'll end it. And thank you. <laughs> Your Honor, which is finally concluded on Showtime with Brian Cranston. Yes, he's back on TV. Mm -hmm. And um, this is something that, you know, honestly, you were sort of going back and forth about it. You weren't like really gung, you know, you weren't like, oh, this is something that I'm going to throw mm -hmm. myself into watching because it's Brian and we haven't seen him. I mean, the, I think he did some little stint of a show on Amazon Prime, but yes. we haven't seen him drive it. And this is a limited series, so that means we're not going to be seeing season two, three, four, four or anything like that. It's just a one and done kind of thing because he's got things to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know what happens when you when you're the judge? Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you get? Is the question? I don't know. Mm. So, Brian Cranston plays Michael Desiato. He is a judge in New Orleans, and early on, we see that yeah, he's honorable. He does things to help people who are about to be railroaded in his courtroom. Now, what happens is. I'm just going to say it. So if you haven't seen this, everyone, you can do what the ref said you could do for WandaVision. Just fast forward. But I'm just going to say, boom, 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 boom. yeah, I'm just going to say what happens. So his son takes the family car out for a little ride, kills somebody. Now, the person he kills is the son of, um, you know, a crime boss in New Orleans. So the son does everything you shouldn't do in this situation. You know, it's an accident. He does everything you shouldn't do. And his father finds out. Michael takes him to the police station to turn you know, himself in. But then Michael sees who the father and mother are of the victim. Turns right back around. <laughs> okay, get to that car. Bye. 
I'm not doing it. Okay. And then the cover up has to happen. So how can an honorable judge cover this up? Is it possible? You have the cops involved who are concerned, right? What about this car? Because they figure it out. So how do they cover up that the car is involved in this accident? Who else is involved? You also have a a black crime syndicate that comes involved here because some other people die as collateral damage and that brings them in. So how do they relate, okay, to uh, Michael Stuhlbarg's character, Jimmy Baxter, his crime family? Uh, His wife is played by Hope Davis. You also have coming in one of Michael's uh, protégés who's now the hotshot lawyer played by Carmen Ejoko. So she comes on in and she gets involved with somebody who dies as a result of this. She doesn't know the truth. So she's rooting down to the truth. And can she be stopped and thwarted? You have, in addition to this, Marva Martindale in here playing Michael's mother-in-law. But his wife is dead. How did she die? Does it have anything to do with this? And what is going on with Margot Martindale's character, right? That's a question, too. And you also have a fellow judge played by Lorraine Toussaint. I mean, this is what's happening in this show. She's popping up all over this. Everywhere. How is she involved? So you have all of these pieces that Michael has to try to get a hold of and control, but he can't. And when he gets out of control, what's going to happen? What is going to be, be the real damage? And can he protect his son? Will he have to sacrifice himself to do so? Is the question. Now look. It's like defending Jacob. Good gracious. From the beginning of your honor, I was like, okay. Like, you set it up. Uh, I'll go there with you. Because this is ridiculous. And I'm fine with ridiculous if it's good ridiculousness. If you know what you're doing is ridiculous and you know where your bread is buttered. Mm. But this son of Brian Cranston's is one of the worst characters in TV history. He is an idiot. And I don't mean he has mental deficits. I mean, he should know better and he does everything that you shouldn't do. He also is involved with like his high school teacher. He gets involved with somebody else who's a member of the family of the guy he killed. Like he does everything to get in the way. He has asthma. So, you know, that's going to come up. It's just stupid. Why are you coming for his asthma? Leave the boy. Because he's an idiot. If you (laughs) run away from a crime scene where you kill somebody and you leave your inhaler, you like want to start thinking. Well, he killed someone. Cut him some slack. No, he gets no slack cut. None. Because he does. (laughs) So, now I told everybody to fast forward. So, let's talk about this, ref. If you kill somebody, would you then get into a relationship with their sibling? I don't think so. When you're trying to hide it, I don't think so. It doesn't make any sense. It's stupidity of the highest order. So anything that happens to him, who cares? Who cares? Kill him. Oh, okay. Well, who cares? That's the point. Uh... You want it? So go ahead and give it to him. Lucky he ain't in Gamora. It'll have been over in five minutes. So I'm just saying... Your honor in the end was a waste of my time. I love all of these people involved. It is executive produced by the Kings. Love all of y'all. But this writing 
if you're going to do ridiculous, you can't put a stupid character in the middle of it and have us following him when we really want to see the machinations of Michael. Don't detract from that. The, the whole black crime group was interesting. Not enough. Ugh, I'm done. Okay, well, we're glad about that. <laughs> Your dishonor. How about that? Oh, well, there you have it. We said that there was some things that we enjoyed watching and some things maybe you have to figure out what to do with that. This is all that's happening. We're going to give we're going to give the critic a nice we're, I'm going to throw a potato at him so he can eat it cuz I think he's hungry. But in the meantime, why don't we check out some of these TV shows and see if it's for you. I think I might check out the CB Strike and Lethal White. That sounds like fun, but for you listeners, Take a look at the list and see if there's anything that you're interested in. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.